she would be willing to speak in this general service. Brother and Sister Phillips have been great friends to the Alexanders through the years, and especially in the final years of their lives. They would come periodically to Jennings and pay them a visit, spend the morning, afternoon, a day with them, give them encouragement, strength, but we know that when you would go to bless them, you would be blessed every time. And uh, I just want to, again, in this occasion, let Brother Phillips know, Brother Phillips and Sister Phillips know how much we appreciate the kindness that you've shown. This church in general appreciates the kindness that you've shown and the love and affection that you have for Brother and Sister Arkansas. Thank you for being their friend and helping brighten their dark days. And so God bless you. Sister Phillips, thank you for accepting this invitation to speak today. I'm confident you're going to be a great blessing, and you're going to contribute what all those guys can't. God bless you. What you say um, in regard to such a great lady as this. Um, but I do want to, first of all, say thank you uh, to Brother Townley for giving me the honor to speak at this homegoing service for her. Um, Sister Alexander means a whole lot to me, and uh, I'll never forget this lady. Uh, she was a very dear friend to me, and I know many of you here today feel the same way. Um, when I was, when I first met her, uh, it was 37 years ago. We were evangelizing with two small girls, and our first revival with them introduced us to a different world. <laughs> I learned from her. Now coming to Louisiana from the north, um, I was a transplant. Uh, I was born in the south, but I was uh, reared in the uh, north. So coming to Louisiana was uh, very different. And passing through, you would read the different names, you know, towns and different things that you were passing through. So some of those names were, I thought, were uh, like Thyroidus, uh, you know, is the way I was pronouncing it. Well, and then later, uh, uh, Benoit and Hubert, all of those I got corrected whenever I told her, you know, how I was pronouncing them, and she said, oh, no, no, she said, uh, that one is Tipido, and I said, oh, okay, and Benoit was Benoit, I said, oh, right, <laughs> okay, and then Hubert was Abair, and so I'll leave you to your imagination, your, to your imagination, what I thought gross death was. <laughs> we won't even go there. So, when we got our first taste of gumbo, which I had never even heard of, we had it sitting at her table. And for someone from the north, again, bones in the soup was a unique experience. But I'm telling you, it gives it such a wonderful flavor. It's beyond, it's just beyond imagination. And I was lucky enough to uh, be able to have that recipe. She, she let me have that recipe. And although uh, I probably don't do it as well as she uh, is able to, I do my best in trying to get it critiqued, you know, as how she made it. And my family from the north and here do appreciate that recipe. Uh, she introduced me to a world of Magnolite. She told me that, she asked me if I had some, and I said no. She said, your kitchen needs one. And so I said, 
So she presented one time we were there in the month of February, which is our anniversary, and she gave to us uh, a set of pots and pans of Magnolite. And sure enough, it is a wonderful, wonderful set of uh, potware to have. But um, I've enjoyed being in her home many, many, many times uh, throughout the years and hearing the stories of her receiving the Holy Ghost at age 16 and her desire, you know, to serve God no matter what the cost. And she did pay that cost. Uh, I appreciate, you know, the love that she had for the roles that she filled. You know, she loved every role that she filled, not only mother, grandmother, great-grandmother. She also appreciated uh, filling the roles of uh, being a Sunday school teacher and also uh, Lakes Auxiliary back in those days and the pastor's wife. And she was always wanting to be busy, as it's been said before. She, I know I can remember one time uh, coming to visit and she would say, I told Brother Townley, you know, just give me something to do, you know. Uh, give me some uh, invitations to, you know, send out, you know, to write or fill out, you know, put in envelopes. She's always was wanting to help the church, no matter, you know, if she couldn't make it to a service, she wanted to be of help. And uh, I appreciate those qualities in her. You know, she was, she never was uh, one to sit around. I remember in the younger, uh, latter years, in my younger days, you know, evangelizing, I could go to her home and she was always so busy, you know, uh, there was a sewing machine there in the side there of her uh, little washroom and she was a seamstress, uh, you know, just whatever she set her hand to do, she done it. And uh, I appreciate uh, that tenacity in a person like that. So as a godly example that she uh, was, you know, not totally her church, but to everybody that come in contact with her. And um, I just love her so much, and I've gleaned so much from her wisdom and knowledge and coming to visit with her. She, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, being a pastor's wife, and I gleaned a lot of uh, information from her in the course of that visit. And living, uh, she loved living life. She loved her family. She enjoyed every moment that she had with him. And um, I'm thankful that I got to be... Uh, with her during her 100th birthday celebration and also her 101. I came over uh, that day when she celebrated her uh, 101 birthday. It was, uh, and several of her um, family members were there. And the, the best gift that she received um, was a call from one of her grandchildren and letting her know that um, he had found his way back to God. And sitting around that table, we had just, some of us had just, you know, finished up eating, and she just threw her hands up in the air and, you know, thanking her God that um, she had had one of her, you know, grandchildren find his way back to the Lord. And um, so one of us said, you know, Mamal, you know, you can take that one out of the jar. Um, you know, and so she said yes, but she said, I've got several more that I'm still praying for. And I know that that is her greatest desire is to see all of her family saved. And um, uh, I just, you know, I'm praying that that'll be so. You know, her tears and her prayers that went up will not, is not been unnoticed, you know, by God. And he'll, um, I feel like he'll answer those prayers in the years to come, days to come. But, um, the many talks that were always will be remembered and held close to my heart. I uh, I got to experience a lot of family fun. You know, when you go to the Alexander home uh, and the kids are there, the grandkids are there, it's a riot. I mean, you, you just have fun. You know, they're they're bantering back and forth, you know, and it's all in fun. Uh, the grandchildren, all of them think that they're number one. And there's a, you know, history, a little bit of history behind that, you know, but, uh, she, she loved every one of them and they were all number one in her eyes. But, uh, this family will always, uh, this family always made you feel like you were part of their family. 
you know, she don't, she made me feel like that I was just her sister, you know, not just in the Lord, but actually her sister, and I, I appreciate that love from her, and we had so much fun, and even though she was 101, she had, she didn't, her age, uh, that was just by age, her life, she, she was full of just, uh, full of life. You know, she loved living. She loved, um, she loved, you know, she always told me, she said, Phillips, you've got to come over and spend two or three nights with me. She says, we will have a slumber party. And I'm thinking, slumber party, 100, 100 years old, we'll have a slumber party. But, and listen, I'm telling you, we well, we didn't stay up all night, but we did stay up, you know, quite late for 101 years old. So, uh, but that's the kind of person that I want to be. You know, I want to have that kind of tenacity and that kind of love for life that, you know, if I would reach the 101, I would want to, you know, have that kind of exuberance. She just loved life, and I love being around her. Um, being around uh, Sister Liz and Sister Amy, you know, was a treat. Uh, they, uh, she would, you know, she would have them running, running and going. <laughs> and uh, she would say, Where's Liz? And Amy would say, Mama, she she went to the store. Well, I hope she was getting, you know, whatever it was that she was wanting, some favorite cookies or, you know, uh, whatever her favorite dish was. You know, she wanted Sister Liz to go out after it and and have a bathe that night. But uh, when I'd come to visit her, she would tell me um, uh, a lot of uh, things that she um, appreciated, you know, in pastoring and um, being the pastor's wife, but um, I just, um, I kind of lost my place here, but um, anyway, so the last couple of years, anyways, Brother Phillips would be out of town, and I got to enjoy coming over and spending those nights with her, and we had a, a real joyous time, and I do want to say thank you again to Brother and Sister Townley uh, for allowing me to uh, be able to do that. Uh, every time I would come, she would always highly, always say, I love them. I love his preaching. He is the greatest pastor. And um, that is, you know, such a, uh, such a joy to, you know, have somebody, uh, as a pastor's, previous pastor's wife, to, you know, to just, you know, give herself to the next one. And um, I just, you know, appreciate that quality in her, and she's always looking forward to hearing the services, and I appreciate to you giving her that opportunity. When she couldn't come to service, she was able, he was able to bring that service to her by, through the computer, and whenever um, uh, we would sit and listen to the services, I got a few times whenever I'd be over here and stay the night with her, we would sit and listen to um, Sometimes it would be Brother Townley preaching, and then sometimes it would be um, a special speaker that he might have, a uh, special service, and then uh, one time I got to hear Brother Howe. So uh, it was just a joy. It was a joy to uh, be able to sit there, and she just had church right in her home. She just, you know, she would raise her hands and just, you know, praise God and sing along, you know, right from the very start. So um, I thank you for, uh, you know, just giving of yourselves you know, in that manner. And when she was 101 in age, but again, she loved life and she was positive. She was full of faith, uh, always uh, being very thankful that God had blessed her in that life. And I'm grateful to God that in the 37 years that I had known her, that uh, she he allowed my path to cross her path. And she was such a great and noble lady. And Sister Alexander, I want to say to you today that I love and I will miss you greatly. But we'll party again on that other side some sweet day. I'd like to stand and let's read the passage of Scripture. Thank you for 
call her mom. All the grandchildren call her Oma Mom. I guess when you live long enough, there's all those grandmas that that one's Many saints was privileged to know her as pastor's wife. She served as first lady of the church of Jennerette, Earl Bridge, and Jennings. Hundreds and thousands of people knew her as a friend. Only God knows how many would look at Sister Alexandra and say, this is the lady that brought me to truth and to God's salvation. She was truly a mother in Israel and a godly example of what a saint is. I guess we could say it like this according to the obituary. Sister Alexandra was the gumbo queen of the South or the ministerial friends that was in the city. She was Sister D.D.'s angel. To sit around the table with Sister Alexander in her prime or whether you would gather around her bedside when she was in her final months. It was always a treat. It was always a joy. It was always a pleasure. Whether she was cutting a piece of cherry pie there's a funny story there. He does not like cherry pie. But she didn't know it, and she had made one awesome pie for him. And she cut him a piece so big. He ate cherry pie that day. Whether she's cutting cherry pie or whether she's cutting up, she was one of a kind. And she had a way of making everything memorable. She loved cornbread and milk. She loved red beans and rice. But she liked her red beans and rice. And she wanted her rice to be moist and sticky. She says, I don't want the individual grains to get separated. I have to chase it like a football around the corner. She, she loved horticulture. I didn't, I didn't take time to read it all, but she had some type of certificate over there. I didn't even know it. She had some type of certificate over there where she took a special class to help her in her lawn care, flowers, garden. And, uh, and this is the area where her strong work ethic came through. Sister Elsie, Rhonda, and Bessie were people that through the years worked with Sister Alexander and helped and supported her in the house, keeping it clean and doing different things. Uh, they were there. They worked with her and they knew what it was like. How she worked hard. She enjoyed them being there. They enjoyed being there. And I want to say a great big God bless you to these ladies for what you did through the years in helping her. It was one thing, though, to be Sister Alexander's uh, person that would clean the house and something altogether different if you worked with her in the garden or in the lawn or the flower beds. That is where she just enforced a strong work ethic. They said she kept a running list for anybody that was going to come visit her. She had this ready prepared when they got there. Charles, we She would get out there and she would work hard. She even combined, she even combined her lawn care and her cooking. I'll tell you how. Brother Alexander was so particular to make sure that the trees didn't get damaged when people were wanting to cut the grass around it. He didn't want the weed or to damage the bark or anything. But Sister Alexander wanted a nice and neat lawn. So what would happen? Somebody would be weed eating. They would damage a tree. She didn't want him to know. She'd go get a kitchen bouquet. She'd go pour it on that tree. So it looked like there was, looked like there was any fresh damage on that tree. She had a way of just fixing things together. 
Brother Archer told me last night, Brother Alexander wasn't the only strong one. There was a very strong lady that gave him some amazing support throughout their marriage and throughout their life. She was a slave driver in the yard, I'm just telling you. I wonder how many of this crowd ever have to with flowers and plants and yard yellows. That's what I'm telling you. There would be all over this building. You know, President Trump's doing pretty good with the unemployment. He is. But somebody said this week, if she was president, there'd be no unemployment. <laughs> and I thought, you know, while we're on politics, it would be a good time for me to uh, mention that uh, she, she loves Sean Hannity. She loves Sean Hannity. And she really loved President Trump. And she really wanted to talk to him. She had some counsel she wanted to give him. I'm serious. <laughs> she loved Sean Hannity. She loved politics. She, she loved President Trump. And she wanted to talk to him. She had some counsel concerning any of the adversaries that would oppose this nation. Her idea was, I want to talk to Trump. And I want to tell him, all you got to do is just drop a bomb. <laughs> Alexander was one of the most technologically advanced senior citizens I've ever known. I don't know that I could say she's the most technologically advanced. She's pretty, pretty close to the top at 101. I don't know how many 101 year olds that work. Well, I first become familiar with this when she was playing word games. Downloading CDs, work games, and playing. But through the years, she would listen to live services. She would pull that computer out. I can't even tell you all the stuff that went along with that. But she had a lot of opinions, but she had a lot of good church. And uh, I, I remember back through the years, Brother Alexander would get the pulpit and preach. He hated them internet preachers. Hated them internet when he died, he was thanking God he had some live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in May, so I don't know, if she, her birthday was May the 3rd, she turned 101. So I don't know if it was before that or right after. Uh, she called Walmart. Can you imagine talking to a 101 year old? She had a few questions for Walmart. One of them was, how much are your smartphones? She said, I'm tired of people trying and having to help me dial numbers. I want a smartphone. I can look at it and dial my She's one of the smart. I'm telling you, she was one of the most technologically advanced and learned people. This is the last point I'll make on this, and that is, when she was 98, she had to go to Camelot, which is a convalescent home retirement home here in Virginia. It's very nice. It's new. It's, it's a great place. She had to go for rehab for a little while. And when she left, she was frustrated. They did help her, but she was frustrated. Again, she's 98 years old. She said, I tell you what, I'm going to have to tell these people they need to get some Wi-Fi service for their client. You know, and, and I was thinking about the word legacy today, and I looked it up, and I found out that actually the term legacy is used in the computing world. And uh, in a technological sense, in the world of computing, legacy denotes software or hardware that has been superseded, but is difficult to replace because of its wide use. I'll tell you. One generation comes, and then it passes. Another one comes to take its place. Things might be a little finer, can be done a little better. But there's some things that are hard to replace. And people like Mabel Alexander that become a legacy. 
not just when they're gone, but while they're alive. A living legend, they're not easy to replace. The character, consecration, the conviction, the walk with God, the, faith, the favor of God, they just bear the presence of God. They're not easy to replace. The Bible said we count them happy which endure. And in the original sense, that word happy means to beatify. People that are beatified, that are given the honor of being called saints, are people that learn how to endure. Sister Alexander had a lot of hard knocks. And the anointing and the touch of God that it was upon her life, that was apparent to all of us, can only be gained. I through the many years. We count them happy. That endure. We beatify, we respect, we honor, we value, we appreciate people that just stay steady. Stay steady. Walk in the faith, walking in the truth. That's the kind of lady we're honoring today. Are you glad you knew Mabel Alexander? Why don't we thank the Lord for the information? I think it's only right and proper that I at this time extend the true respect and thanks and appreciation that needs to be extended to Sister Amy Pinell. God helps you to take
I braced myself. She said, you remember the other night, a while back I was sick, and you come down off the platform, you shook my hand, said, how are you doing? I told you I wasn't feeling well, and you prayed for me. So yeah, I remember that. She said, when you got finished praying for me, I thought, that's one of the driest prayers I've ever I left. <laughs> I was sincere. She said, that's one of the driest prayers I've ever heard. She said, but listen, I'm not, I'm not just trying to be funny. She said, I want you to know that God touched me. <laughs> and she said, I want to tell you something else. She said, there was a time I was in the service and I wasn't feeling good. And I asked Brother Purefoy to pray for me. And he just laid his hand on me and said, Lord, would you touch his sister and just pray? She said, I thought, he ain't even trying. He's not even And she said, I'm telling you, in that same experience that he did that, God touched me also. Amen. So she learned to appreciate dry prayers. And, and, and so when we come to the final days, we would gather around. And she said, come on, everybody. Brother Jeff, we can come pray one of the dry prayers with us. <laughs> you know, I could stop right now and we could say, that was a good service. She's a great lady. And she was. But the reality is, if I didn't go a little further here today, I wouldn't properly convey to you who this lady really was. They've already touched it in different ways. Yeah, she was a lady of humor and wit, loved her family, all of the natural things. But what made this lady what she was, she was a very spiritual lady. And today we can describe attribute adjectives to this lady that a few people in this world are worthy of. Words like holy, anointed, favored of God, faithful to the end, strong finish. The list can go on. What a privilege it has been to be in the presence of a holy person that bore the presence of God that every time you encountered her and walked away from her, you were blessed, you were impacted, and you were touched by the presence of God. A holy influence in this wicked world. She became an example that you can truly serve the Lord with joy and gladness. And you can finish with a song in your heart. Those that were standing around her bedside said the experience of when she drew her last breath was absolutely amazing. She had not been able to open her eyes or, or see very much at all in the past week. They believe she had a stroke on Monday. There was one time during the week she didn't open her eyes, but it was like she didn't see us. And she closed her eyes. But when she neared drawing her last breath, they said she opened her eyes. And a big old smile just came on her face. And it began to grow as if she just saw somebody. And people, we think it's holy angels coming, saying, Mama, come on. I want faith like that. And I believe there's people in this family who have a faith like that. And in the future, when people look at you, they're praying, they think about you. They're going 
Think about your unfeigned faith. And while they're looking at who you are and who you have become, their mind is going to go to a mom or a dad. And then they're going to think about the grandmother who became the example of unfeigned faith that passed from one generation to the next. Those of you who are serving the Lord today, I believe your grandmother would want me to tell you, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That the Holy Ghost you have is not just for your salvation in the sense of a righteous state and being able to overcome your own personal failure, sin, and Satan. That's a part of it. But you have received an anointing to do the work of God, to be a witness, to be bold and strong and courageous, to be an intercessor, a soul winner, a pillar in your assembly, and do the mighty work of God. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Those of you who's on this platform today, there's six different here that are ministers in the family. There's going to be a stirring and a fresh anointing that you can go for. And I can almost hear Sister Alexander saying it. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We got what it takes to change the world. We got what it's like, amen, that's necessary to change our community and bring revival. Hallelujah. She was an example. She is an example of that. At 16 years old, she wanted to be baptized in the name of Jesus. She went home and told her father. Her father said, no, I'm not going to allow you to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You went to that tent revival. If, if, if you want to do that, you're going to have to move out of the house. You're going to have to just go live somewhere else. I'm not going to have anybody that believes that. And it comes to the apostolic message in my home. She's like, Owen, God got a hold of her heart. She was baptized in Jesus' name. A couple weeks later, her sister stepped on the nail and her foot had become infected. She went and told her mom and dad, said, listen, if you'll bring her to church, we'll pray for her and God will heal her. Thankfully, they had reverence Respect for the Lord. They brought her to church. God healed her sister. And God began a work right there in which Sister Alexander saw her mother and her father brought into the truth. They themselves were baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, received the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. She saw her grandmother receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sister Alexander's grandmother did not know English, but during church, Sister Alexander would take notes while the service was going on, and then later she'd go home and she'd share it with her grandmother, and her grandmother was baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. This lady became the vessel that God used to bring a whole family in. Only God knows how many have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this family today. As a matter of fact, her family became the charter members of the Generate Church. They donated property. They built the first church. It all started with a 16-year-old that had a visitation from God and says, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, timidity, Holding back. No, God's spirit moves on us, causes us to step out like David that'll fight in Goliath. Make us stand strong like a Daniel, and he'll ultimately deliver us from the lion's den. I'm just telling you, this lady has become a modern-day legacy of faith. She had to make her stand. She was rejected, but we've seen God move on her behalf, and now a family knows the truth. Church was started. Followed Brother Lyle. The church is going on. 
going strong. The work of God is continuing. Brother Joyner is here today. In the generated church, there was Belizean people that started receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then they began to work in Belize off of that. The ripple effect of one 16-year-old saying, I'm going to do the will of God. God, help us to be bold. Help us to be strong. Help us to be courageous. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This gospel will work. We just got to use it. I want to pray. I want to fast. I want to believe. And I want to see the glory of God like never before. Sister Alexander, in her prime, was fasting two days a week. A lady of deep prayer and consecration. No wonder her and the elders saw eyes that were blind and open. They saw strongholds broken. She said, I had a vision one time that Ronald was praying through even while he was lost. And God fulfilled that vision and that dream that he had given to her. God is a mighty God, and he's still alive and on the throne today, and we can know him. Are you glad you know him today in the power of the Ghost? The first church that she attended had no fan, no electricity, no air conditioning. Sister Alexander always, she always felt a little insecure. I thought she was the epitome. And I believe she was the epitome of a pastor's wife. She's a perfect example of it. Sister Dee, she's an angel. She always felt like she just didn't help or couldn't help Brother Alexander like she wanted to because she wasn't a singer or a musician. When Sister Talbot came along, she was like, you're an answer to my prayer. You're an answer to my prayer. Thank God. That Jenny not only has a good pastor's wife, but he's got a good pastor's wife that plays and sings and just can get right in there and help the pastor and just labor with him. And, uh, I'm using that to just say I appreciate my wife today very much. But secondly, I'm touching the point that in legacy, yeah, you can be superseded, but you're not easily replaced. was a valuable lady. We feel her influence today. And we want her influence. This church family, I wish I could have all the first Pentecostal church of Jennings express the sentiments of their hearts. I wish we had time. They're grateful for the leadership this lady provided for the years. And on behalf of the first Pentecostal church of Jennings, I say thank you, Sister Alexander. For the holy, godly example that you set, the joyous way in which you served the Lord. As I try to wind it on down to a close today, I think uh, I think you probably know this without me saying it, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've been receiving instructions for quite a while of the way she wanted her funeral. I've done my best to make it like she wanted it. I told her the Bible, I said, if I had my way today, you'd be preaching this service. Because I feel like he, he has the respect and has earned the, the honor to do it. I am her pastor, and she wanted me to preach this. And so, I'm doing what she asked. We did add one song, and I, I mentioned that song to you. And we did leave one song out today. Uh, you know, Brother T.F. Tenney wrote a book called The Flame Still Burns. It's a hundred year history of uh, the Pentecostal movement in Louisiana. I was reading it a while back, and when you get close to the end of the book, he starts writing about different towns and how the church, the Pentecostal church, was established in those towns, and he lists different preachers. And in the section about the church of Grove Ridge, it mentions Brother Titus Alexander's name. Sister Alexander's name wasn't there. It was just Reverend Titus Alexander, pastor here also. I think I need to do a little bit to kind of balance history. 
because Sister Alexander, Brother Alexander was pastoring in Jenneret and Burbridge at the same time, so he couldn't be in two places at one time. So there would be services in which she would go teach and preach in Burbridge. There was somebody here last night that told me, said, I was in Burbridge, and I'm telling you, I couldn't understand what she was saying. She was preaching in French, and the power of God was just I told her if I'd let anybody preach it together. Maybe it's just me. But uh, she was a powerful lady, teacher, Bible study teacher. This is what's interesting. She would go cover Bro Bridge for him. She would teach on the way to Bro Bridge. She would stop because there was a family she was reaching for. It took a couple of years before she could reach them and see them brought into the truth and baptized in Jesus' name. But every Sunday morning while she was going to Broke Ridge, there was a certain place she stopped and she would take out some money and she would go to a pay phone and she would make a phone call to the Myers home. And she, she'd call and say, it's time to get up. It's Sunday morning. It's church time. You need to get your family ready. You need to get ready. Go to church. She was heading to Broke Ridge, but she stopped making a phone call. And today, there's more than 20-something people in that family filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Every time Brother Alexander would preach, and she would translate for him in church. What, a, what an amazing lady she has been in the work of God. Brother Alexander and Sister Alexander both had a passion for souls. As a matter of fact, in the final days, I, I see Miss Bonnie over here. We'd all gather around. You remember that day, Sister Bonnie, that she was talking about how that, uh, she said, I got something on Charles today. <laughs> I, got a, I got a small building out there. It's a Graceland building. She said, I want to turn that into a place where we can have Bible studies. 101. Charles definitely going to get another job. What I'm saying, her, her desire was just to reach souls, reach souls, reach souls. And she's just planning, dreaming on teaching Bible studies, helping people be saved. She asked us to sing one song that we just chose to leave out, but I'm going to read you the lyrics. It says, I never thought I'd see the day when you'd come to kneel and pray. I never thought that I would see the church filled to the passing. And outside the door there's more who have never came before. Oh, what a shame that Jesus came one day before. And you came one day too late. She said, I don't want just songs. I want, I want a message. Jesus came and you've been left behind to wait. Yesterday you couldn't find time for Jesus on your mind. You finally came to call on his name. But one day too late. You tried to live the best you could. Tried to do the things you should. But when it came to serving God, you said, I'll still have time. Now it's all turned around. Time to serve you, found. How sad the fate you found it. One day. Too late. That was her heart. That was her burden. Her favorite scripture is on the back of your program today. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's right over there. Sister Phillips mentioned this jar. Some of you might not know what this is sitting on this table over here. It's kind of wrapped up in the cover because it's private. This is a jar that's filled with people's names that she's been praying for. People that's lost. 
people that she was saying, God, reach it before it's too late. God, save Because she believed that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. She believed in the power of God that worked in her and in her intercession that God would hear and answer prayer. I'm telling some people today, your name's in this jar, but God's heard her prayer, and you're coming home. You're not going to wait one day too late. I believe right now in this place, I felt the presence of the Lord yesterday afternoon, and I felt the power of God in this service. He's here right now in this place. For many people, you are ready. You are ready. You have a major step, but you are ready. And I'm telling you, amen, I believe God's going to hear her prayer, and we're going to see you come back to God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous lady avails much. They're still working. They're still working. They're still working. I had one of the grandchildren say, if my name's in there, I don't want to know. Don't pull it out. But I'd sure like to pull that name out today. I'm tempted to say, I wonder if you're in it, but I know you're in it. That's who she's been for. I'm coming to a close today. I will tell you what I really felt in my spirit and my heart. That if I could get one person to step out of your pew, there is a spiritual dam that is ready to break forth. And there is a torrent of the glory of God that is ready to move. If I can just get one person out of your seat and say, I'm coming home today. I'm not going to wait one day too late. I'm coming home. i got a legacy of faith that I'm going to follow. When they think about me, they're not going to be thinking about a sinner. They're not going to be thinking about a liar. They're not going to be thinking about a cheat. They're going to think about me, and then they're going to think about a grandmama they got a prayer through. They're going to think about me, and they're going to think about a sister that served me. As we stand in Sister Town begins to play something. Everybody that knows me and hears me, I'm not just apologizing today. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm not just trying to force anything. I'm trying to help somebody. Because you're not going to find a better moment than right now. And there's nothing Brother or Sister Alexander would like for me to do to give you an opportunity to experience the mercy of God. There's no better way we could just cat our life than right here in this service somebody do what you've been wanting to do for a long time. Say yes, Lord, I surrender. Yes, God, I surrender. Yes, God, I put myself. I told our church we're coming to the close of an era of leadership in our assembly. With the passing of Sister Alexander. I've approached this service today with a greater burden than I normally carry. Because I know if it's going to be, it's up to you and me. And I just know there's some people right on the edge of coming back. There's people right on the edge of being saved and being born again, knowing God for the first time. you want to be forgiven today, you can be forgiven. Jesus stands ready to forgive. You've not committed a sin that's so bad. You're not so far gone that you can't come home. The blood will make reconciliation. He can make you an eye by the blood today. He can bring you back into closeness. Sin is separated, but the blood renews, revives, and restores and brings you back to can be forgiven. It won't take a long time today. Because there's some of you, you've already been praying. You've been talking to God. You've been getting your heart ready. You just need to come stand in the front here. You need to lift your hands and say, okay, God, I'm ready. I need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
You can lift your hands right where you are. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till another day. Right now, you're in the presence of God. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Right now, you're in the presence of God. Praise God. Oh, let's pray for a little bit. I've got a few more words to say. Let's pray. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Who is it, Lord? Who are the people that you've talked to? Who are the people, God, right now? They've been hearing your voice. They've been talking to you. You've been hearing their voice, God. They're ready to walk in this legacy of faith. Let us see it so. This is my song of choice. The service is nearing an end. The choir is singing just as I am. And now as the old song is played, people at the altar are kneeling down to pray. Some are finding mercy, forgiveness for their sin. Some are fighting battles and they're struggling to win. The time has come to give them to the Lord. That's what this altar is for. That's what this altar is for. You don't have to carry your burdens anymore. There's a light in the darkness. There's a love that's true. Jesus is waiting. He's waiting here for you. Don't put it in that before they close the door. Because that's what this altar is for. A father is praying with his son. A mother kneels beside them, thanking God they come. An old man is standing there in tears, giving up a part of him that he's had back for years. Hearts are being Lives are being changed. And those who call upon it now will never be the same. The time is to give in to the Lord. That's what this altar is for. That's what this altar is for. Anybody make, want to make a commitment? Anybody want to make a consecration? I'm not trying to force anything, but if God's talking to me, don't wait till tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Don't look for a better time than right now to step out and say, I'm ready, God. I surrender. I surrender. Let's sing and let's pray. Anybody want to come? Anybody? That's what this altar is for. We gotta give you this altar. We gotta give you this chance. We gotta give you this opportunity. We're gonna make a new commitment. Any child of God wanna step out and make a new commitment? Any sin? Find salvation. Repent in the presence of the Lord. Lord, take me back. Take you back. This is beautiful.